Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Rob Zombie's The Monsters Reboot. It stars Sherry Moon Zombie, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Daniel Roebuck, Richard Brake, George Garcia, Sylvester McCoy, Catherine Schell and Cassandra Peterson. Based on the 1960s family sitcom of the same title, the film takes place prior to the events of the series, serving as an origin story for the characters. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Spooky spoilers. You suggested this one. I first suggested it last year. And Mm. at the time, I thought this was getting a worldwide release on netflix but that ended up just being in the us so here in australia we had to wait a little bit longer for a home release i believe you went out and bought the blu-ray um i rented it actually we ended up renting it from apple tv oh brilliant i've got egg on my face i thought you went out no 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 no, but I, um, you're not half. You're not totally wrong there, because um, if there is in fact a Blu-ray release that exists in Australia, I'm not sure if there is or not. But if there is, I will definitely be purchasing it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just um, available digitally. Anyway, we've both seen it. The monsters. Yeah. I grew up watching the monsters. Always enjoyed them, but for me. Second best to the Adams family, but did Agreed. enjoy the okay. So I was going to ask, what's your experience? But same as mine. Then. Well, I mean, it's the same. Uh, I I'm a late late comer, a late bloomer to the uh, to the monsters, but I love them because um, obviously Sarah and I love all things Halloween. Um, so I I love them straight away, having watched them. But yeah, you're right. They they to me they were always second fiddle to the Adams family. They they were always the superior spooky family, and I don't know why that is. It just is. And it is different enough. And you're saying, you know, latecomer. I mean, I didn't watch it in the 60s. I wasn't alive then. I was born in 84. (laughs) But um, I saw reruns, you know, the black and white show. And it was fun and different to Adam's family. I mean, it never really made sense that you had a vampire married to Frankenstein's monster. Or I guess it's not Dr. Frankenstein. And especially if going Mm. by, or is it? Is that who? Is that who? He's meant to be. Robert Drake is playing. Okay, so that tracks. So it's yeah. Frankenstein's monster, vampire wife, vampire father-in-law, but then his vampire wife, Lily, her brother is a werewolf. So do you know what I mean? It never quite made yeah. sense. And, it, and her kid's a werewolf. So it's like, well, who was she banging to have a werewolf son? Because it clearly wasn't Herman, because Herman's not a werewolf. So and many a, questions. So yeah. many questions. So, I know what you mean. There's, there's a weird <laughs> kind of, there's a weird uh, like conundrum or, or like quagmire there, um, quandary. But I mean, that's that's just semantics. We can get beyond that. I mean, it's, it's just a fun, enjoyable show, a spooky show. Absolutely. Yeah. Adam's family, the monsters, both of them. Yeah. Spooky fun. Absolutely. Rob Zombie had pursued developing a Monsters film with Universal Pictures before the release of his debut feature in 2003 and was attached to several related projects before confirming a film adaption of the TV series in 2021. 
Zombie wanted the film to be in black and white, but the studio refused, and the director opted for a highly saturated look instead. Um, yeah, no, I did read something about this. I think what was happening is that the cast were in costume, and mm. the set was particularly bright, and Zombie thought, I like that. He liked that it looks like a cartoon brought to life, so that's why you know the film is as yeah. bright as... When- as it looks. Mm, when you watch it, everything is very neon, very day glow, very um, multiple light sources on the actors. And it just has that garish kind of um, technicolor saturated effect that you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I would have, I would have preferred to see it in black and white, like the original show. And I agree with zombie on that point, but because the studio wouldn't budge, he had to work with what he was given. Well, the, the teaser trailer, the first thing they put out was black and white, and it was a, mm. a recreation of the opening, but with, you know, from like, uh, from right. the, the original TV series, but with the cast from this film. And then that's at the end of the movie as well. Because that's the thing mm. with this film. It's like an hour 50. It's almost two hours. And I know mm. it's it plays as an origin story for that first film. Yeah. So we're getting to spend time with the characters before they, they first meet, fall in love, get yeah. married and all of that. But I did feel a little bit cheated because it's like the final bits of the movie is what I enjoyed from that TV show of this monster family in suburban America. That's what I'd always enjoyed, that contrast. And they mm. really really make you wait i mean i don't know maybe they'll do a follow-up i mean there's certainly no word yeah no i'd I'd like it if they did now this film is a co-production of universal 1440 entertainment and spook show international films universal 1440 entertainment if you're not familiar essentially What they do, and it's a part of Universal, but it's direct-to-home release, and they make sequels to popular Universal films. Like A more recent one is R.I.P.D. 2, which is also a prequel to the Ryan Reynolds film with Jeff Bridges. They've done like a handful of Tremors sequels. They've done films like Kindergarten Cop 2. Instead of bringing Arnie back, they've got Dolph Lundgren going undercover as a teacher. So they're the type of things that they do. So it was interesting seeing that they're behind this, which, you know, the monsters, Universal, you do think Universal monsters, but it just shows that this Mm. was always intended to be a cheaper home release movie. Yeah, I, I think you, you put it so succinctly just before you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said that um, you feel a little cheated in the sense that what you're wanting to see is the juxtaposition between the monsters and American Americana, American suburbia. That's exactly what I was hoping for as well. And it does feel a little deflating that we don't get that until toward the, the back half of the end of the movie. Um, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that too. So I'm right there on the same page with you. Yeah. I mean, this film, it might not surprise you, it did receive mixed reviews from critics, and that's probably putting it lightly. Like This did mm. not go down well at all with critics, mm. and I found that... I never I never look or read what the critics are saying until I've seen something. Never do I. I'll go out of my way. I don't want to know. I want to watch it as a thing, make up my own mind. And I definitely yeah. had a better time with it. So, you know, 
we we're on the same page. You know, the whole yeah. It would have been good to see monsters suburban America for more of the movie, but th- that's not what this film was going to be. It was an origin. No, it's it's setting it up. Yeah, you get but to learn. Still, how. there's still things to like. Okay, so oh, we've absolutely. Got, we've got Lily, a typical 150 year old lovelorn vampire who's looking for the man of her nightmares until she lays her eyes on Herman, a seven foot tall green experiment with a heart of gold. It's love at first shock as these two ghouls fall fangs over feet for each other in a Transylvanian romance. Unfortunately, it's not all smooth sailing in the cemetery as Lily's father has other plans for his beloved daughter's future and they don't involve her new bumbling fella. So there you go. So that's <laughs> that's the movie. Um, like all, I'm going to say all because I'm pretty sure it's all, all of Rob Zombie's films feature his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. She is, I think she's got to be in all of them. Oh, yeah. But I think that's she has a presence to her, and that's clearly why he opted to cast her in the film. She's got a mag- magnanimousness to her. She's got a presence and um, a charm, and I think she brings that to Lily, absolutely, and, and is able to replicate what Yvonne De Carlo was doing with the character with, without doing a direct imitation. She's put her own little spin on it. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, like she pops up in all these films and mm. often she's quite manic. Like if you look at the like the Devil's Rejects movies, like House of a Thousand Corpses, Three from Hell. Mm. I mean, other than this movie, which is a PG, typically what Rob Zombie movies are, are gory R-rated horror films. So yeah, this is him much, shifting. Yeah, but this is him shifting gears, but he is a big fan of the monsters and that's why mm. he'd been trying to make it for the longest time but i think sherry moon zombie is fantastic in this as lily she really is and there's something she does that is just so cute in the movie and it's when <laughs> she first sees herman and she's like biting her knuckles like you know she's like mm. she's oh there's just something cute about that scene and yeah she is She's really good in this. I really do like her in this. And Rob Zombie as a director, because I'm sure you could speak to him as a musician, you know, the lead Absolutely. singer of White Zombie, and he's, it's a song that he did with Alice Cooper and all of that. I mean, his... You know, solo career as well. Yeah, I mean, his musical lyrics are notable for their horror and sci-fi themes. And his live I mean, shows have been praised for their elaborate absolutely. shock rock. I mean, yeah, the, the song Dragula off uh, the second album, Hillbilly Deluxe, is directly referencing um, both probably the Monsters and the Addis Family. I think it's the Monsters because their car was called Dragula. Yeah, it so is. So he named yeah. it song Dragula. That's right. After yeah. that. Yeah. So again, I've mentioned House of a Thousand Corpses, um, mm. Devil's Rejects, which was the follow-up. That was received more positive than its predecessor i mean in 2007 he directed halloween a remake of the classic 1978 horror film directed by john carpenter the film became his highest grossing film to date though was generally received negatively by critics and then he later followed up with halloween 2 in 2009 which failed to match the success of its predecessor and it Man, he's done a lot. Like he released an animated movie, The Haunted World of El Bisto, or El Super Bisto, even that came out in the same year, I believe, as Halloween 2. 
And then he's just done just horror. His films are just done so yeah, much. His horror. films, I was about to say, his films are very niche. And because his films are so niche, they don't always land as intended. And uh, they might either miss their, their target audience or are underappreciated by the mainstream. What I would say is that he absolutely reaches his target audience. Mm. His target audience just isn't the mainstream. He yeah. reached the mainstream because he was remaking Halloween. Like that got more mm. people watching his movies. But, you know, he's, I definitely would say he's a musician first, a director second. Uh, but when it comes to films, it's it's horror for him. Uh, but this yeah. is a different thing. Now, I've seen this film twice now. And again, it's a PG. I don't think my kids would like it, even though mm. it's tamer. Like there's, you know, there's bits in it. Oh, okay, that's kind of fun, but it's not necessarily like a PG family. You know, yeah. if you look at things like Goosebumps, you know, the '90s TV series mm. adapted from the books, mm. where that's kind of like horror for kids, and that was a PG. Yeah, I don't this think isn't that. this is not that. No, it's it's not. It's kind of like he's made it for us who watched the mm. TV series. And he's tried to capture the bit of nostalgia the tone, but this yeah. being a PG, I don't think it's him trying to reach a younger audience at all. I think he did good with his casting choices. I mean, the guy who he enlisted to play uh, Herman, it's again like he he looks like Fred Gwynn, the original actor, but without being a, a direct Fred Gwynn impersonation. You know what I mean? He bring, again, he brings his own little something to the character. Yeah, and. Jeff Daniel Phillips, I think he absolutely nailed Herman. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Dan Roebuck as the grandpa. Um, again, like he he's not trying to be a carbon copy or an imitation of the original grandpa, but uh, still does a really good job in, in capturing grandpa's spirit. But why has he got a mustache? I don't know. Yeah, I need that, an answer. <laughs> that kind of worried. That kind of sat with me a bit weird as well. Um, but then again, we have to remember this is a prequel an origin story maybe by the time the kids come along he shaves it off i mean that's fair hmm. i mentioned richard blake earlier so he's not playing dr frankenstein he's playing dr wolfgang he's a bad scientist who creates hmm. herman so there you go but he does does he have an ego yeah he does he's um he's got uh got an George, ego who uh oh, hey. that's he right oh, hey. that's that's not george is it the guy, oh, from, hey. the guy from lost the yeah. guy lost. Jorge Gar uh, Garcia. I'm looking at his name written down. There's no accent on the E, but you're right. It is mm. it is Jorge Gar Garcia. So he's playing the Igor type character. character. Yeah. Yeah. I did like seeing. Oh no, we actually do have an Igor. What am I saying? Doctor uh, Sylvester McCoy. One of the Doctor Who's. He plays Igor. He's the Count Servant. Wow, it sounds like I have not seen this film at all, but I promise you I have seen it <laughs> twice. So that's right. So Jorge Garcia is Floop, Doctor Wolfgang's hunchback assistant. So there we go. So that's um, that's who he's playing. Did you recognize Cassandra Peterson as Barbara Carr? Only because Sarah pointed it out when we watched it. Otherwise, ah, I wouldn't have. Okay. But, so she's uh, then, the then I, real yeah, estate. Uh, yeah, it's the real estate agent um, yeah. who is best known for portraying Halloween icon Elvira, Elvira Mistress of the Dark. So there you go. That's who could a fun forget bit. Elvira? That's a fun That's bit it. of fun bit of casting. You know, that was did, cool. They did manage to bring back some original monsters actors, Butch Patrick oh, nice. and Pat Priest have voice cameos in the film. Butch nice. 
played Eddie in the original series. He's the voice of the Tin Can Man. Pat, who nice. played Marilyn in the original series, is the voice of the Transylvania Airlines announcer. So that's fun. I like go. it when when they manage to do things like that. I agree. And the composer on this film, and you know, he's really riffing on that, that classic Monsters theme. I mean, they had to have it, didn't they? Is yeah. Christopher Harris, who's known professionally as Chris Zeus Harris, or simply Zeus. And he's worked with Rob Zombie on other projects as nice. well. But it looks like the monsters. It it sounds like yeah. the monsters. And it, it does leave us at a point where I definitely would like to see more. And um, if you're going to rate this film out of five. Uh, I'm going to come in at a recommend out of three. Um, just purely because it's it's a really nice um, setup, uh, origin setup for the monsters. It's a little jarring initially to see them in color, but you do get used to it. Um, but I, I suppose I'd have to say my my absolute favorite scene, uh, just quickly, is the the Halloween street party scene uh, when they're in suburbia. I absolutely loved that. I thought it was brilliant. Um, that was really nice to see, and and that gave me a big a big smile. But um, as did the, you know, seeing the shots of suburbia. And interestingly enough, also very quickly, it was filmed on location in Budapest. We should have touched on that earlier on, but they they built that entire set on location, um, the house and everything. And it looks fantastic. It doesn't look exactly like the show, but it looks similar enough. And, and I think I did a great job. But yeah, yeah um, absolutely a three for me. Um, certainly nothing less. And like you, I really want to see a sequel. I hope that Rob gets the green light in the studio to do a sequel and we see the kids come into it. And we see more of the suburbia we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this film did leave me wanting more, but that's kind mm. of because it left me wanting the film that I really wanted to see. But the origins are out of the way, so hopefully they, yeah, they get to do another one. That would be fun to see. Bring the cast back. They all did a great job. And like you, a three out of five, it's absolutely a recommend. And it's a film that doesn't seem to get talked about enough like we've seen it i'm glad that we've got together to review it um, but it really it really is a fun movie it's been a long time in the making uh to this review we've, we've been waiting to, for this for quite some time so it's really gratifying to have it come around and be able to talk about it and i'm just hoping and crossing my fingers that we get a blu-ray blu-ray release on dvd here in australia because i do want to see all the special features and commentaries and stuff on it absolutely stuff. as soon as we finish i'll be online Having a look. Yeah, Having me a too, look. dude. <laughs> well, too. that's it for our episode all about the monsters. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore, and stay spooky. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>